Achieving Clarity podcast. My name is Ben Morley, an Air Force pilot turned consultant. Each episode, you will hear actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life, personal and professional, to achieve more clarity, purpose, and effectiveness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to your daily dose of practical clarity training. Hello and welcome to the Achieving Clarity Podcast with me, Ben Morley. I hope this finds you doing well. In your organization, whatever it may be, being able to increase awareness in your team regarding how they think about organizational design as the company grows is a great asset. As a leader, by setting clear expectations about the future of the organization, you will reduce anxiety and help ensure that nobody is surprised when you make major changes to the way you operate your company. The important principle to keep in mind is that you should expect things to change all the time as the size and needs of the organization change. Tools that worked for you when you were 10 people might not work when you're 100 people, and that's okay. Become comfortable with embracing the uncertainty. As Sam Corcoros explained, the best analogy he has heard for this is that company building is like the surfer on top of the wave. You need to make constant adjustments to stay on top of the chaos below, and you should expect that you will always need to put work into the system to stay operational and relevant. Building an organization is hard, unpredictable, and constantly changing. There are two key terms related to growing an organization, complex and adaptive. First, let's look at complex. Any organization that requires coordination between large groups of people is a complex system. As Corcoran states, one of the primary reasons why this is the case is that headcount scales linearly and communication paths between people scale polynomially. Now, this is not something to avoid as it is intrinsic to any organization that reaches some degree of scale. Complexity isn't so much a problem to be solved so much as it is something to manage and work around. It should not be a reasonable goal of leadership to try to eliminate complexity from an organization. Instead, one should find ways to work with the complexity to maintain cohesion and momentum. The important thing to recognize about complex systems is that at different phases of complexity, different control systems are necessary to make things work. If your organization is small, the only project management tools you may need is a Kanban board and daily team huddles around it. But as the number of people in the organization increases, eventually you will need a better way to manage priorities and to ensure that your team is not duplicating work or heading in the wrong direction. One of the challenges of understanding complexity is that the boundaries of the complexity of a given system are fuzzy. It is obvious to anyone who has worked at companies of different sizes that a startup is fundamentally different than a Fortune 500 company. But at what size precisely did that phase change occur? Is it 100 employees, 
1,000, 100,000? We can use humans and boats as a way to explore the relationship between complexity and control systems. Now, if you are a single person in a kayak, you are your own control system. You can paddle in any direction you want and you can get where you need to go. If you are one of three people in a canoe, you need to coordinate with the other people to make sure you are going the direction you want to go. But it is mostly the same control system as you had in a kayak. You do not need to worry about people making independent decisions because coordination is easy. If you have 100 people rowing oars in a, on a vessel, all making independent decisions, you're going to have a bad time. The boat is not going to move very well, and you are going to have oars crashing into each other. Coordination at this size is hard, so you need to implement a new control system. In this case, the solution might be as simple as adding a person at the front of the boat whose only job is to say, row at regular intervals to make sure everyone is rowing at the same time. But that's fundamentally a different control system than you have in the other examples of the kayak and the canoe. Imagine how a boat with a thousand people might require even more coordination and thus a different control system still. The next principle is adaptiveness, meaning the control systems of a company need to adapt to present circumstances and that a control system working well at one company of a given size very likely will not work at a different company at a different size or even the same company at a different size. Now, I have experienced this with leaders who were brought in from out of state to lead our organization. Some of them simply tried to plug and play the processes that worked well for them in previous teams, and they were a bit baffled when they were not achieving the same results as before. They assumed a cookie-cutter approach to their leadership, and it yielded mediocre results. However, I have also enjoyed other leaders who, having moved into the new role, took ample time to learn and observe our organization before attempting to implement a process familiar to them. They took the time to understand the team first, even if, if it was of similar size and within the same organization as before. Designing the most effective control system is necessarily an iterative, adaptive process, so it is important to recognize that leadership needs to regularly check in with team members to ensure the systems you have in place are still serving your team's needs. Now, there is a rough consensus that control systems need to fundamentally change after every doubling of the number of employees at a company. Remember, it is important to keep in mind that these phase changes are highly imprecise, but this is the most common experience from people who have scaled organizations. So, let's say you're starting your organization with system number one, and that might work up to 12 people. When you grow from 12 to 25 people, there's the doubling, you will need to look at system number two. When you grow from 25 to 50 people, start looking at system number three. And then when you grow from 50 to 100 people, start looking at system number four, and so on. Expect to revisit your processes regularly to ensure they are working for your current size team. 
If your systems are no longer serving the organization, well, you should change them. And one of the best ways to determine how effective your system is operating is by engaging with team members and asking for their opinions. These decisions should not be made in a vacuum in a conference room far away from where the work is being done. Leadership needs to actively be engaging with the team members for their inputs. So, in summary, you should not assume that a control system that worked when you were 10 employees will continue to be effective when you're 1,000 employees. You should expect that your processes and policies will change as the organization grows, and you need to ensure there is a continuous process to assess and improve the way you approach the design of your organization. So, I hope this has been of some help to you, and as always, best to you. Thank you for listening to the Achieving Clarity podcast. We hope you liked it. To hear more tools and strategies to help you in your personal and professional life, subscribe to our podcast. Thank you again.